You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, if you could only hear what goes on off the air. Good morning <laughs> and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with uh, Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, and Francis Beck of uh, Western New York Athletics. In studio, we have special guest visiting us this morning. And let me start off. First of all, good morning, guys. Good morning, y'all. There it is. I had to get that. It's like coffee. I got to have that every Saturday morning. But we do have a special guest in studio, and I want to start off by saying happy birthday, Marquel Slaughter, who was born way back when. <laughs> Anthony, yes. no longer in his 20s. I know. Isn't that scary? No longer in his 20s. Wow. Pretty Talk soon the about grays over are going to come in. Are there any grays settling in yet, Marquel? Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. We don't use the G word around here. Platinum blonde. Platinum blonde, which Roger and I are totally <laughs> platinum blonde at this point. All right. News and notes, guys. Let's get into it. I want to start off by mentioning the Lockport Rugby Club is seeking new players. If you're uh, in the Lockport area, you're interested in playing rugby, you can call 302-9029 or email Lockport Rugby at yahoo.com. Story by Mark Davis in today's uh, Niagara Gazette. Uh, Lockport Rugby has a long history. Uh, they've been uh, kind of losing players over the last couple of years, so they could, uh, they'd really like to bolster the rosters and get more interest. So even in the Lockport area, you know somebody that wants to play rugby, uh, there you go. Check out the Gazette if you weren't able to write down 302-9029 or, again, email LockportRugby, lowercase, at yahoo.com. We do have some news and notes, Tony, to pass along. If you had not heard already, Josh Brooks was officially named head football coach at Portville. He's taking over for longtime coach Gary Swetland. Um, that was uh, who brought that news to us, Francis? Uh, Sean Campbell from the Olean Times Herald. Cool. Major shout out to him for that. Francis, you've got all this stuff on the crush you're doing, and I don't want to mess it up. So, all right, I'm going to let you do that. But can I <laughs> can I just talk about uh, Lois Garlo? She was named to the All American Women's Lacrosse list. She's from Mount St. Mary's, just a junior. Uh, and the Mount St. Mary's uh, Jim Pernick, the AD, passed this information around along to us. Asked for our help getting the word out that they still have some job openings at Mount St. Mary's. Assistant varsity volleyball coach, a cheerleading head coach is needed. They also need one for indoor track, tennis, and track and field. Oh, how about this uh, before you get going on that, Francis? A couple of Monsignor Martin alumni playing last night on ESPN. Uh, Two, right? CFL football, yep. Luke Tasker and Mercer, Mercer Timmis. Uh, from Canisius uh, and St. Francis. A couple of real quick things. Tony, Niagara Catholic. Oh. Shocking. Just heartbreaking news yes. of this school closing. I mean, the list of schools in Monsignor Martin is just shrinking and shrinking by the here's year. What, here's what's sad. You think about this. Niagara County, the whole county, has zero Catholic high schools. Not I one. think they're all in um, Erie County. They're all in Erie County. Yeah. No, Walsh and... The one in Batavia. No, Notre but, Dame of Batavia. Walsh is down in uh, Allegheny County, I believe. So, tough news to hear this week. Yeah, it really uh, is. Uh, I guess they had less than 120 kids signed up uh, for next okay. year. And, uh, you know, money, I guess, uh, 
has been uh, reallocated, you know, for uh, and that's for a whole other show on another station. Yeah, and that, uh, money's guess, been used uh, elsewhere, and, and a lot of people are upset about how that money is being used. Well, why? Conveniently announced right after uh, Bishop Malone announces that they met their goal for Catholic charities and all that stuff like that happens every year. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for doing it on this of your show, Anthony, but. It's well, Raj, your frustration is shared by many others out there, and uh, it's just a shame. So, you know, uh, we're, we're so- real sorry to hear that. You know, especially this year, they 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 fielded a baseball team, and they thought that and hoped that they were going to build off of that. And their basketball team won the Monsignor Byron Class B title. That's right. Yeah, and, so yeah. uh, it's not like they're hurting in athletics either. I mean, that's what's well. They it's a numbers thing. They sure. they just don't have the numbers to fill out uh, fill out uh, rosters, and you know it's been more and more difficult every year. Where were they drawing most of their kids from? From the city in Lockport and Niagara Wheatfield. My guess, the LaSalle area, okay, where I live. Okay. Uh, I know that uh, several of the kids that I coach in football and baseball, uh, they're either at Catholic Academy or they're at Niagara Catholic, and Catholic Academy feeds uh, Niagara Catholic. A few years back, if you'll recall, when uh, you know Chuck Sprigg was coaching the basketball team, we had him in studio a couple times. Back then, I used to, I believe they used to have a bus that actually would go to Lockport to bring some of the kids from Lockport there. Really? I they didn't know stopped, that. They stopped that uh a few, quite a few years back, but at least it's just so much stuff that they stopped doing, and that, and like I say, dwindling uh, population, finances, whatever to you want to call it. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because it was a nice school. Were yeah. they were they teamed up too with Nichols the football program yes, for a the, stretch? A couple of the kids uh, from Niagara Catholic would uh, go to Nichols to sign up and play, and you know it was just a couple, from what I understand. So you would have to imagine most of those kids that want the Catholic education would. Go to would end up at O'Hara. I would have to believe if they want the Catholic education, they're right. going to end up at O'Hara. Otherwise, they're going to be at Lewport, Niagara Wheatfield, Lockport, Niagara Falls. I wonder how many get into Maritime. Well, here's and another thing That's too. That's a is, bit of a haul, Frank. It is, but still, you have several kids, uh, and I know from because I get you know I talk to parents at football, and uh, they don't want their kids playing at Niagara Falls High School, and they want their kids playing somewhere else. Uh, which is a shame. I know Mark Laurie is doing a great job as superintendent of Niagara Falls High School. He's making things, uh, doing the best he possibly can. And uh, so, you know, th- those th- the the ones that are going to have to, you know, as they th- say, bite the bullet, They, you know, in their minds to go to Niagara Falls High School, I think you're going to be pleased. It uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a bad school. And, Mark, as again, Mark Laurie is doing a great job. But I understand people have problems with the football program, and that's why, you know, if they have a fo- uh, future of football, they want to go somewhere, uh, somewhere Inter- else. Interesting point. This was brought up to me during the week because I'm always trying to understand the landscape of different communities. When we're doing our, getting ready to do our previews, and obviously we're starting to work already on our fall previews. And I was talking to uh, a guy up in Lockport about the football program, and obviously a head coach had stepped down from that last week. What he's trying to do, Tony, is get back into the modified programs to keep the kids active and keeping it fun for them so that when they reach the high school, they understand that, you know, we need you out here. We, we need to grow. We, we need you having fun at the modified age and even younger so that you want to put the time in at the high school level because that's, to them, the numbers are down. They have the numbers, but the kids have it in their mind that they don't have to come to practice every day. 
So they're only coming to practice two, three times a week. You cannot prepare a football team on two or three days of practice, skipping out on the workouts, skipping out on uh, the the classroom stuff, uh, you know, the, the the video and things like that. And I think that's a lot of the problem that they're having at, at Lockport because all those kids there, you cannot tell me they cannot compete with Orchard Park and these other double-A schools with all the amount of numbers they have up They're there. The biggest that's what we've been saying section. about so, Niagara Falls for how many years. I didn't want to say that in front of you without getting you know losing another tooth there. But, you know, seriously, these schools are big enough. They have enough of, uh, of attendance, and they have the numbers to compete with any school in double-A, and they should be. And it's a shame they're not. Well, I like what, 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 what they're saying at Lockport, and they're right. You have to start and make it fun at the younger levels. But not just at the modified. You have to bring it down to the youth levels. And I want to take this time to shout out to, I think it's Lancaster and Alden, I believe, have just completed camps for youth, uh, youth players and I saw pictures, you yeah. know, lot turnout. Now, I know Lancaster Little League and Air Lanes Little League feed into Lancaster. If you have, uh, if you have a cooperation with your youth leagues, that leads to success in the high school levels. And schools like Niagara Falls don't understand that. They don't want to put the time in to work with the youth leagues. You know, and it's not like me as a coach, I'm going to learn much. I may learn a thing or two, but it's the thing is you work with the kids. You get the kids excited about your program. Uh, I've mentioned this. One of the things I talked to Mark Laurie about was uh, using the baseball facility at Niagara Falls for the city championship or the Mayor's Cup, whatever they call it, uh, for the different uh, Little League baseballs like Whirlpool, Midtown, Hyde Park, Cayuga, play there, get the kids excited about wanting. And it's a beautiful facility. You as a kid go there to play and you're like, wow, this I, is awesome. This is where I want to play. you see the two football fields. Yeah, and you all see the all that. Fields. So you get people excited and they stay excited and they and the kids, if they're excited, they're going to work hard. They want. They will want to play with their high school. Yeah. So, and, and believe me, we're going to get into this. This is going to be a whole other show. <laughs> Tony, you talk about, you know, youth leagues and stuff. One coach, Eric Rupp from Lancaster, he has coached a lot of those graduated seniors since they were in Little League. Through JV, and that was one of the reasons for their success, that I've, relationship. I've been talking with coaches for going on 17 years now about what it takes for a successful uh, program, and they all say the same thing. It starts with working. And, 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 you know, you don't have to give your entire playbook, but you get some terminology, yeah. some plays. You work technique. You make mm -hmm. sure. Understand this, high school coaches. Youth coaches are volunteers. They're dads. They're guys that uh, played ball years ago, and they just like to work with kids. You know, get in there and show the technique, the proper technique. And by the time they get to high school, that's less time you have to spend on technique, more time you can spend on your offense, your defense, your special teams. It makes sense. It makes perfect All sense. All right, lacrosse. Going back to Niagara Catholic real quick, um, one notable thing was Jalen Bradbury was there. Uh, he led that team to a Class B title, as I said. He was on Niagara Wheatfield's team as an eighth grader varsity. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. What year is he again? He's going, going into, into his sophomore year. Okay, so then he could transfer into another private program. Had he been a senior, I don't think he would have been able to transfer to another private school. All right, so this comes uh, from Coach Andrew Bellica of the Buffalo Cross Academy. Uh, the Academy brought two teams to Oshawa, Ontario for the All-Canada Games. Um, they had, And what Coach Bellica said was this is some of the best teams in all of Canada, not only the United States. So some stiff competition. It was an all-star team of the best juniors from the area and the best sophomores from the area. 
Um, from both teams, they had players going playing the All Star games. Um, from the incoming junior team, uh, Canisius is Liam Kern. Uh, what leans the East goalie Joe Amici, Clarence midfielder Cole Harris, Orchard Park defenseman John Solikowski, and Clarence defender Jacob Solikowski. And from their incoming sophomores team, Colby Amici from Nichols, Zach Norton from Clarence. Carter Zordensky from Orchard Park, and Nicholas Kramer from Williamsville North. Um, Coach Bellica also told me that um, they're looking for new players. They run a whole academy through youth leagues. They will be having a Niagara Last Classic from July 13th to 15th this summer. Pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Anthony, a couple things. Uh, Number one, I'd like you to have a little... uh training class on him with the uh, Polish names, if you don't mind. I'll work with him, Raj, I promise. <laughs> I got a few uh, tidbits to bring out. Uh, last week we had Olivia Anderson in here uh, briefly, and I think we alluded to the fact that she was uh, player of the year, co-player <clears throat> of the year in Class C. I neglected to mention the other first-teamers uh, in the all New York State softball quickly. I'm only going to do first-team because, you know, time wouldn't permit to go any farther. Lancaster's Madison uh, Pepke made first Class A team in AA. Uh, Brooke Plank of Iroquois and Anna... Annalise Kelly of West Seneca East made it in Class A. Class B, Alyssa Ramage from Olean. Emily Hanlon from Dunkirk. And Abby Stone from Akron. And in Class D, Rebecca Syrek of North Collins. Uh, and uh, Allie Haskell of Franklinville. Speaking of uh, Haskell, they announced the uh, BCANY girls team that will represent Western New York and Binghamton. I said, speaking of Haskell, because their sister Danielle and Brooke Woodard from Eden are the two returnees from a year ago on the uh, BCANY team. Others that made the team quickly, Liz Bradley from Star Point, Gina Fumereldis from Sweet Home, Amelia Strong from Niagara Falls, Maddie Stearns from Clarence, Lydia Sweeney from Grand Island, Angel Parker and... Aaliyah Parker from Cardinal O'Hara, Siobhan Ryan from Sacred Heart, and Kylie Shinars from Panama, and Ellie Wanzer from Amherst. While I'm saying that, I should probably give a shout to Mackenzie Sees from Sacred Heart, who I'm sure would have made the team. She is still on rehab, rehabbing quite well, in my understanding, from ACL surgery when she suffered an injury late in the basketball season. I know she's going to be missed on that team. She would be a big help. Uh, Along those lines, one of the practices was uh, held at uh, Hilbert College uh, for those in the southern tier. Didn't have to go all the way to end trip to make one of the required practices. So I want to give a shout to uh, Rob uh, Grant D. Grand Prix, (coughs) the boys basketball coach as well as Amy Senefelder, the girls coach, thanking them and also announcing that they have a couple camps coming up. Uh, girls camp will run from July 15th to the 19th and another one from uh, uh, July 29th through August 2nd. The boys camp, they've already had one this past week. Another one will be July 8th to 12th. Once again, thank you, Hilbert College. Uh, Orchard Park graduate Rachel Johnson. 
Roger's going to take over the whole show with news and notes today. Uh, by the real, way. Qu- real quick. You, you said that real quick 10 minutes ago. No, no, I got to bring this up. She played uh, college baseball this year at Washington and Jefferson, uh, college softball, of course. Washington and Jefferson. After three years of playing college tennis, she decided, I'm going to go back and play softball. She ended up with an academic honor. I just wanted to bring that out. She was a member of that powerhouse 2015 Orchard Park State Championship. And this one, Anthony, this just blew me away. It's not high school related. But June 25th, 1949. Do you remember the name Gil Hodges? Yeah. Okay. He was playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers back then. He hit for the cycle. You know how hard it is in a major league game to hit for a cycle, correct? I've never tried. Uh, <laughs> believe me, <laughs> you'll go back to rehab if yeah, you do. <laughs> so, okay, for those who don't know, it's a single, a double, a triple, a home run in the same game. Right. Quite rare, right? Gil Hodges against the Pirates, a single, a double, a triple, and two home runs in that game. Show off. Wait, it gets better. One year later to the day, Pirates are playing the Brooklyn Dodgers again. Don't tell me. Ralph Kiner, remember that name? No. He was, well, he is probably in the top five for home runs to at bat ra- uh, ratio in Major League history. And most of the younger people remember him as uh, doing the Mets games on uh, television, on WOR, a few years okay. back. Playing for the Pirates against the Dodgers. Same two teams. One year later, Ralph Kiner. Single, double, triple, and two home runs <laughs> on the anniversary. I just—that's neat. I, I'm reading this over and over again. I, you know, and again, it's not high school, but I just thought I'd like to share that with the listeners. I'm sure there are some people, especially Tom Prince and the baseball players out there, they've got to be shaking their head on that one. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Lastly, Tony, I forgot to mention our, our buddy Anthony Day from St. Francis Prep. We had him in here uh, last fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Vinny Scarcella are going to have a uh, hockey camp, training camp, coming up this summer, July 23rd to the 27th. You can go to their website, twofastguys.com, and uh, register there for varsity and JV players. They're going to teach you about speed and things of like that, how to get faster on the ice. It's going to be an absolutely incredible camp, and it's at uh, North Buffalo Rink, so check that out. Two fast guys, Anthony Day, uh, NCAA champion at Yale, and Vinny's Garcella. Now uh, they're both at St. Francis Prep. I grew up right down the street from that rink. <laughs> Two fast guys, Anthony, fast. Does that mean they can't eat? They fast? No, I hope not. No, 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 We're no, looking no. at them. It doesn't look like they've eaten much. I have to fast next week. I don't want to hear about that word. <laughs> oh, now you brought that up. I didn't bring that up. Mm-hmm. Come on now. All right. Uh, I just want to do uh, say uh, my thoughts and prayers are with Nick Young. Nick uh, played flag football with my son, Nicholas, in the NASA Flag Football League this past. Uh, spring, uh, Nick is recovering from having a tumor removed from his brain, and uh, just want to let uh, him and his family know that I'm thinking about them, and uh, can't wait to see you again, Nick. Hopefully, uh, you're doing well. And I know uh, his dad said he's recovering nicely. It was a long surgery, so my best to him. Uh, my Cubs, they are playing right now as we speak, and. Uh, see, Jonathan, Johnny, and Evan promised me they were going to hold down the fort for for us. So, uh, Coach Sal, he's doing it all by himself today <laughs> since I can't make it. All right. One thing I want to bring up, and you know, we've got listeners that tune in uh, 
there are new listeners of the program. And I don't do this enough because we are so focused on the things that we do each and every week. And, you know, we're like a lazy, okay, we got to talk about this and that, and this guy did that and whatever. So uh, I wanted to give a little bit of uh, history of the program, so to speak, and what the show is all about. Uh, the 2001, uh, the show was started by a sales guy out of Syracuse. He, um, he was doing a show called Inside High School Sports in the Syracuse area, more heavy on sponsorship and interviewing sponsors, things like that, uh, a little much different from what the show is today. So he starts the show up, and they asked me if I wanted to be a, uh, a co-host or a guest host because I, at the time I was covering Lancaster football and basketball, not covering, but play-by-play voice for them on WXRL. So I joined in the show, and... You know, after like three or four weeks, uh, the guy didn't want to didn't want nothing to do with the show anymore. He just said, "Nah, I'm done." And <laughs> so I was left with the show, and I, I was sitting around thinking of a program that I, I watched on. I can't remember if it was HBO or Showtime, and it was uh, all about high school sports, small town America. And what what really caught my eye was. The scenes of people gathered in a local barber shop or in the local diner, or they're sitting in the stands of the watching the high school team practice, and they were talking memories about this great team from 1973, or you know this player that did that, and you know Roger, I hope your son is able to live up uh, and be half the player that you were back in the day. You were an animal, you know. They would get into that kind of talk, and I thought this would be a great. Uh, a great program for uh, for Buffalo. So I went in that direction. That's the way I wanted this program to be, just a, a discussion about what's going on in high school sports. Western New York Athletics, the news, uh, various newspaper publications across the area report on what's going on. We talk about what they're reporting on. So that's the the biggest difference. That's why, uh, you know, we do what we do. And so it's, this is a discussion show, and that's what it's uh, always been about and what always will be about. Uh, not too long ago, after, after I started, we had a couple of part-timers that worked here that uh, played high school football, had an interest in high school sports. Hey, Tony, can we uh, come in and, and hang out with you on a, on a Saturday morning? Well, at the time, it was Wednesday nights. <clears throat> so that's we got that going. Then they left to go on to do uh, bigger and better things. Roger started calling the program. Now, I don't remember, Roger, did did I meet Kozak for, Rich Kozak first and then you? Yeah, what happened? You met me one time. I came in on this show, but very first time in studio was when Kensington High School closed and you wanted some input in there. Someone suggested uh, somehow, probably through Rich Kozak. That's how our first time you and I got together. Uh, the next time was again through Rich Kozak was the, uh, the uh, remember when you uh ECC was our sponsor, and you had an opportunity to do the play-by-play. With of, was it Mike Esposito? It was for an ECC game. Uh, you wanted Rich. Rich was tied up because he was getting ready for uh, high school. We were doing a Harvard Cup game of the week at the time, right? And uh, he did not uh, need to have one more Saturday away from his uh, you know family duties and all that. He recommended me. Other than the one visit in the studio, you didn't know me from Adam uh, or Eve, for that matter. And then, uh, but uh, you had Mike Esposito, 
you invited me to... By the way, he was a former ECW wrestler? Yeah, Repo Man. Repo Man. Oh, and anyway, he was... Uh, he he did, was cool. <laughs> he did the color commentary of that game. You invited me to be a third member on the team to contribute to stats and all that. And I found out later that afterwards, uh, Mike, who wasn't available, it's my understanding, he told you, look, if you needed a color... Uh, commentator for your games instead of doing solo that at least i knew enough about the game and i was able to get by and yeah and you started helping me out with lancaster games yeah uh then you and rich uh introduced me to sean brusso when yeah. he was what 17 or 16 oh he had to be so he was only a junior because uh i don't even know if he dressed as a senior yes he did he did but he didn't okay but he was uh as a junior, it's when he was in there. In fact, I think as a sophomore, he used to call in like Shope and the Bulldogs and all that, and just to blew them guys away with uh, his expanded sports knowledge and all sure. that. But uh, then uh, you asked me to join you on the basketball broadcast, which I just says this isn't going to work. Fortunately, we had uh, Joe Marinelli on there, and so yeah. I just kind of fit right in. Well, that's a good... Now, you bring up Joe Marinelli, and the folks at Lancaster High School were so uh, instrumental oh, in, in helping this. My hands Len, off Brian Without Wild, Len. all those guys that did such a great job in helping me get the show started, uh, introducing me to coaches, and, and talking about you know talking to Len during uh, basketball games about things that uh, were going on in high school that would When you up and him weren't going back and forth between the Red Sox and the Yankees, of course. <laughs> you had to bring that up. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, so was, then, you know, so that's how the show, and then, you know, we had all kinds of people coming in. Mark Well uh, sends me a message. Hey, I'd like to sit in. Uh, Frank uh, introduced himself to me on Facebook that way. You know, I'd like to bring some guys in uh, to, to uh, kind of shadow and get a look, uh, a feel for what the broadcast uh, point of it is. So that's We'd how I got. We'd if we didn't mention Mike Farantino. Mike though. Farantino. He spent a couple years with us, and he was a great contributor for lacrosse. Yeah. Exactly. So that's pretty much the history of the show in a nutshell and, and how we all came together and how we continue do, to do things. Uh, so uh, I want to thank everybody that's been involved with the program for the past 17 years. Uh, and Francis just broke the microphone. Yay, Francis! <laughs> just in time for the break. We'll be back with more Inside High School Sports as we try to fix this mic right here at WGR Sports Radio 550. Someone's got to take over for Markel. He's too old to be immature now. So that's why we got Francis. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Kellagiri, along with Frank Wolf, Francis Beck from Western York Athletics, and Roger Weiss. Interesting show that we have lined up for today, and it's kind of like a discussion thing that I've been uh, bouncing around in my head, and uh, Frank and Roger and Francis and myself have been bouncing this around, and it's kind of going to be like a series of shows that we're going to do this summer. Um, youth sports is so important to the success of high school sports. That's where it all starts is at the youth level. So one of the things that we're going to look at, things to make it better. And uh, and one of the things that we're going to talk about today is baseball. Before we do, we do have a call, and we're going to go to uh, Frank in Williamsville, who has a question. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Yeah, this is Dr. Taylor right in the you're talking about, because I coach I coach baseball for, uh, uh, I'm not going to say for who, but a local, a local organization. And th- th- you're, there's no continuity between the organization and the, the, the high schools. And now part of it, I, my question was, who, who can coach in high school? And I think I know the answer is that you have to be a teacher. That's correct. 
which I think is really limited the, the talent pool as far as because there's a lot of good coaches out there that just have there's no shot for them to coach any of these teams and they're locked up by some history teacher that's saving up money for the cottage over the summer you know and they're not really invested in these kids and I was wondering what you guys thought about that is there any chance that might ever change or is it pretty much going to be that, that way for as it, it, it always has been okay Frank let me uh, answer your call on that uh for the public schools, uh, the teachers' union, uh, I think it's in the contract it, that it, it has depends to. Depends on each individual district's contracts. Yeah, it, it right. So each, you know, some districts may have wording a little bit different. Like somebody could be a teacher, but they're named head coach. They bring in a football guy who essentially is the head coach and runs things. Uh, some districts it's strictly seniority as far as teachers go. Uh, with Monsignor Martin, it's not that way. You don't have to be a teacher uh, to to coach the sport. So that's where, as far as the continuity goes between the youth level and the high school, that's up to the head coach. Uh, no matter what sport, it's up to them to reach out uh, with the youth leagues and say and put something together. As I mentioned, uh, I saw pictures over the weekend of uh, uh, Lancaster and I think Alden that did uh, camps for Little League for youth kids come in there and learn about the programs. Um, Francis. And I think the other thing about that is, too, is not – the other thing that kind of hurts it is that you have some places that um, – like Kenmore, for example – you have multiple schools and you have multiple leagues and it's not exactly doesn't exactly line up with where you're going like uh you know if ttfa goes to both we'll just have the mic yeah switch over <laughs> to the other mic i think this is still uh from when he dropped it oh boy so sometimes you have some uh like in kenmore for example you have ttfa and kt and they don't exactly uh perfectly go into one school or the other they kind of go into multiple schools, so they kind of makes it tough for some not really. high schools. It doesn't, not at all. You can still do a camp or a clinic where they're both invited. Uh, you can, you know, if you're a, a Kenmore school, Tonawanda school, you can hold a camp and clinic. Anybody is invited, so that's that's. Oh, not I'm it. talking about more about you know, you know, co- like terminology and coaches oh things like and- that. Yeah, you you probably won't spread that because you have competing. You know, KAT and TTFA are both NASA members. Uh, so there's a chance that they would be playing against each other during the regular season. So, no, you're not going to. But the thing that stays the same is teaching technique, teaching football at a safe level, uh, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, hockey, no matter what, you can still get in the, the uh, important stuff of teaching technique, teaching proper form, things like that. So uh, I'll disagree with that. On In terms of coaching, you don't necessarily have to be a teacher to coach in all districts. Francis mentioned that earlier but to, to the caller's uh question and it's a good call it's a good call so i appreciate you calling yeah. him in yeah there are schools that will hire you even though you're not a teacher in the district uh, my uncle joe coached for many years uh, around high school softball he coached at lancaster he's never been a teacher a day in his life he's helped but he wasn't the head coach he no he was the le- he was the girls head coach at lancaster oh, for, okay. for girls basketball uh, my cousin karen she was a coach at lancaster for many years she was a guidance counselor in lockport my cousin Joey right now is a, is the girls coach at Lockport. He is a manager at a local uh, store. So you don't necessarily have to be in the district. And at the same time, I know a lot of parents look at coaches for certain teams like, oh, well, he's only coaching because he's a teacher and he wants the extra money. There is so much that goes into this. You know, the AD, first of all, has to pick you. He has to select you. So, yeah, maybe seniority could come into play, but at the end of the day, the AD's reputation is on the line. So if he picks a guy who 
uh, may want the soccer team, and he's been there for 20 years, and this other guy who's played professional soccer, and he is a teacher, and it comes down to you have to be a teacher in the district, he's probably going to take the guy who has played the game and has been around the game well, for again, so long? Well, again, it depends on the district. It Not depends every on the district, district. Things like that. Yeah, but the, it, it does. You know, there's politics in some other districts. So this is no a whole, question this about is a, it. This is a whole other show, and I don't want to yeah. go keep going because we could finish up the show talking about this, and I don't because I do have uh, <laughs> a subject that I want to get to. Did but Frank I call in a week that. early? Did Frank call in a week early? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but he, he brings us into a, 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 a great segue into what we're going to talk about. And that's vetting coaches, especially at the youth level. And you think about uh, the from the youth level perspective, they're happy to get people to volunteer. And the key word is volunteer to coach. They don't have to coach, but a lot of times they have a, a kid on the team, a child, and they want to you know be there with their son or daughter and uh, so and be a part of it. Some just like to teach. They just you know they had a great time during their sports career. They want to continue and they want to pass it along. Uh, some are in it for the wrong reasons, and those are the coaches that scare me. And I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, someone I know who coaches youth baseball, coaches in a house league uh this happened either this past week or the week before uh two teams are playing uh one coach gets hot under the collar over a call by the umpire and he starts to berate the umpire you know bad words yada 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 it didn't end there he got in his car and followed the ump home ump gets out of the car and this guy's berating him in his driveway that person should not be coaching kids ever, ever. So that leads to my question: How do you vet coaches? How what do le- what can leagues do? <clears throat> Understanding that they're strapped for volunteers. I mentioned uh, today we're we're you know my team's playing right now. I'm here working. Salman Jones coaching the team by himself. There's nobody there to help him. So uh, you know I understand that it's tough to get people to volunteer. Uh, getting people to <clears throat> be umpires. You know, you have to understand a lot of the umpires at the at the youth level. Now, you Frank, you've been around youth baseball for a long time, and it's from what I'm witnessing now. It seems like the umpires at the minor and major level they're young kids, they're they're teenagers, high school kids that are maybe this is a, a summer job way to put some bucks in their pocket. Uh, you know, be able to stay in sports during the summer. You know, I talked to a, a young man who uh, plays for Wheatfield. Niagara Weefield plays football and baseball. He's umping in the summer. Great kid. Great conversations with him. So you got to understand, they're out there learning. You know, your, your referees in football, in youth football, they're not NFL referees. They're going to miss plays. They're going to make mistakes. Gonna and guess what? A- you as a coach are going to make a lot more mistakes than that ref ever will. Mm-hmm. You're going to call bad plays. I know I do. The problem, too, with the coaches there and especially the parents, you know, it's not so much they're agreeing or disagreeing with a judgment on a judgment call, but on some of them, it's the rules. As inexperienced as the umpires or the referees, whatever sport we're talking about, are inexperienced, they have to minimum test the past to prove that they know the rules. Yes, they have to know the rules. You got that's these understandable. Parents. But that's not the point, Roger. No, the whole, but that's no, the what point starts is, the stuff. If you get these... But if you're ex- hot under the collar because some young kid doesn't know the rule or doesn't understand what's going on... Or the coach or doesn't the coach know does, the rules. You shouldn't be involved in the Bingo, sports. Bingo, you're preaching to the choir. So, so where is that coach now? I have no idea. 
Okay. I don't know what's happened to him. <clears throat> is there a board? Does this league have a board? I would imagine. Okay. I came from a town league where we didn't have a board. It was the town's word and this, that, and the other, and you got whoever you could get the coach. And, you know, these coaches moved on, and they, you know, parents, put your kids in programs that have boards where the coaches are vetted. They're, the, the board makes these coaches take classes, and you've got the right coach. Now, they're not always going to get it right. But at the end of the day, if the coach does something silly, stupid, or provocative towards an umpire, he's dealt with immediately. Yeah, he and, should be removed. And they'll if, find if he, someone to replace him. You didn't finish the story, Anthony. Okay, what happened after the confrontation? How did you find out about it? Did I heard about it from another coach. Did the umpire make a complaint to anybody? I don't know. I'm well, going to find out. I'm going, but that's not where... No, the the results Anthony, is not what the, the, the subject of the show is. It's talking about people who are coaching that shouldn't be coaching and bringing up signs so that people who aren't uh, haven't been around youth sports as long as, as we have will understand and be able to see the signs. If you see a coach and he's fighting with his, his own coaches on his team, that guy shouldn't be coaching. Shouldn't even be, around, shouldn't even be allowed in the park. Right, and that's another thing that I've seen. I saw a coach go after another coach during a game. We're talking youth sports here. There's uh, Nobody is going to get a scholarship to Alabama or Ohio State based on what your child is doing in youth sports. Correct. All right? Nobody, no AD, college AD is going to hire you as a coach because you're screaming at a 9- and 10-year-old. If you find that you have to scream at the top of your lungs and you have to get in the face of a 9- and 10-year-old, maybe you shouldn't be coaching. Threatening umpire. Threatening umpires. Threatening other coaches. Carrying on like you think you just won the Super Bowl. Maybe you shouldn't be coaching kids. You know, where the football league that I coach in, NASA, does a great job in preaching uh, the spirit of youth sports. Not all the coaches follow it, unfortunately. I follow it. I, I believe in what they're teaching. Make the kids, allow the kids to have fun, learn the game, Learn how to play that game safely so that you're going to want to play. One thing, kids get burnt out. Why? Because a parent is, is uh, over-aggressive. over-aggressive or a coach <clears throat> is a jerk. Those are usually the two I'll reasons why right kids up. get... That's why, I mean, I, I've seen it so many times where you have... Now, my organization, we had three or four teams, a couple of younger teams, and I'd see the kids progress. I can see kids at age 8, 9, and 10 being overworked by their dads. Not necessarily the coach, by their dads. And then they'd get in the car after practice and the dad would be all over the kid about the, the way the coach handled the situation or the coach isn't pushing him hard enough or the kid's not putting it out enough. That kid quits by the age of 11. And at 8, 9, and 10, he's like a great little baseball player, great prodigy, good prospect. All of a sudden, the father is just so overbearing. It takes time. But sooner or later, that kid is going to tune out his own dad and never pick up that baseball bat again. You, you said it, Tony. You have to make it fun for them. If they're not having fun, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. How they, are they going to ever play in high school? They won't. They're not. They're not. They're going to they're they're be afraid to play because they're not going to want to deal with dad at home. Or they're they, not going to want to deal with a coach that, that has made their life impossible. Missing hell, yeah. You've got to have fun. And the kids have to have fun as well as learning. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, get back into this uh, topic, uh, vetting coaches. Uh, you're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. 
We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. El Capacho's up next. Sports Talk Saturday. Make sure you keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Last segment, we were talking about vetting coaches and, uh, you know, maybe uh, leagues should try to do a better job of vetting coaches. I know it's difficult, especially when you're hurting to get volunteers to coach. I understand all that, but maybe that's something that uh, Lee should start looking at. Start thinking about, uh, you know, come in and coach and, hey, I've coached this in the place. Maybe get a reference to see how they were. Maybe have a board member watch a practice or two or be on the sidelines during a game, see how that coach conducts himself. This way you know if that's somebody you want to stick around. It, it's You hate hearing stories about kids that get burnt out because a coach is too aggressive or he plays too much emphasis on winning. Uh, Winning is great. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a blast with our baseball team winning. Last year in football, we only won one game. So I I see both sides. I get both sides, and that's what we're not. We're not there to win championships. We're nobody's going to come in and hire me uh, based on championships won. All right. I'm there to teach the kids how to play the game at a safe level. Let's go to Tom, who wants to chime in on this. Good morning, Tom. Yeah, how you guys doing? Doing great. What can we do for you? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to hit on the fact, you know, I think you guys hit it, hit it right on the head there with uh, fathers being a little overbearing. You know, my, uh, my oldest son plays travel hockey, and I work second shift, so a lot of times I miss the games during the week, but the weekends I get to see. And it came to a point where, you know, all during the week, I'd get these texts about how great he played and, you know, did this or that or the other thing. And then the weekends came, and I got to watch, and I was like, wow, he doesn't seem to be doing what people are telling me he's doing during the week. So I had a conversation with him, and I asked him, and I said, do I make you nervous by being there? You know, and my son, he came out lately, and he told me yes. He goes, I get a little bit nervous. He goes, I put pressure on myself to want to do good for you. And I thought, from that point, I told him, I said, you never, ever, ever in your life have to do that again. Go out, have a good time, trust your instincts, and things will come. Things will happen. I always tell him, heart, hustle, humble, hungry, everything else will work itself out. And from that point on, he really took off. It was amazing to me to let it go and put it in his hands and see what he did with it. And he did a good job with it. And I was just very proud. And I'm telling fathers out there, you know, if you can back off a little bit, it might do well for your kid. Tom, your son is lucky to have you as a dad. Outstanding stuff. Obviously, you've got it. Uh, you've got it right. You know, uh, with me for coaching my son, I have a rule: I don't coach him. You coach him. I tell the other coaches because my son's not going to listen to me. And I know there are a lot of dads out there that can relate to that. They just don't listen to dad. They'll listen to someone else. So I have an agreement with uh, my fellow coaches mm-hmm. that you guys coach my kid. I'll coach your kid. And and uh, and like Sal and I have a thing. He'll send me a text. Get on tie about this at the at the next next time you see him. And I will. Or I'll tell him get on Nick about that. And he does. So it's a great. You're able to work that thing. That work that out, and that's that's a great thing. But uh, you know, it it all goes back to volunteering, and we need volunteers for youth sports, uh, referees, umpires. They don't need to be harassed during the game. They don't need you yelling from the stands, "Hey, ump, hey, ref, you stink." They don't need that. They're there learning. You know, they're going to mis- make. As I said before, they're going to make mistakes, but so are you as a coach. Don't act like you're playing for the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup, the NBA title, or the World Series. You're not. It's youth sports. It's not about winning championships at this level. It's about learning. If you can do that, you're going to be a great coach. Kids are going to have great memories. If you're a jerk to the kids, what kind of memories do you think they're going to have? 
Well, it's it's an interesting topic that you wanted today. You, you mentioned about the future of like house league baseball and things like that, how that ties in. You know, you, you hear stories like the one you said in the second segment about this overbearing guy and all that, but and you think, wow, this house is in danger because they're just not vetting coaches and they're going to have more and more guys like this. But then you see a guy like Tom Prince. You meet a guy like Tom Prince and then Tovi Asarisi uh, in Riverside, Blackrock, uh, all the guys up at Hurdle, North Park, Shoshone, and you say, you know what? We're in good hands. We just oh, have I, to. You know, I think I think we are. The, for most part, the leagues they're doing a fantastic job. It's just getting those one and yeah. two having to get rid of them. You know, same with football. Uh, you know, hockey, soccer, whatever the sport is, you just have to do a better job of uh, getting those coaches out there that shouldn't <clears> be coaching. You know, for the most part, guys, they're all out. They have their hearts in it for the right reason. I think just you know, at times we as adults we get carried away with wanting to win. And we see the video that went viral recently. Uh, uh, was it a softball tournament? And you see fisticuffs. Hmm. If you're throwing punches yeah. because of a youth game, you shouldn't be involved. Whether you're a parent or a coach, you shouldn't be around. I saw a great video. Softball girls. Just last weekend, they were at a tournament. All these teams were together, and it started to rain. There was like four different teams that got on the sidewalk and started doing like a dance. I don't know what kind of dance they were doing because I'm so clueless when it comes to that. All these different girls from different teams all got together, and they're all doing a dance out in the rain. Did anyone else see this? No. It was a great video, and that's exactly what youth sports should be about. Here these girls are about to go play against each other as hard as they can at a pretty good level. It's raining. Instead of, you know, bickering about not being able to play, all the teams got together, all these different girls, different uniforms. It was great, and they're all dancing in in the rain. And it was just the best video I've seen on Twitter that in a long time cool i like stuff like that all right that does it for us this week as i said sal capaccio's next with sports talk saturday today we talked about the coaching aspect uh maybe next week we'll get into the parenting uh aspect and uh, things to look for there we'll talk to you next week have a happy and safe fourth of july god bless america this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.